Serena, I can't tell you what this means to me. I've never dreamed of this moment, and now you feel the same way too. We must seal our feelings with a kiss. Serena, where are you? Serena! Moon Podcast Escalation! everybody, my name is Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and welcome to Sailor Business, the podcast where we watch every single episode of the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime and break it down scene by scene to talk about just why it is that we love this show so much. We have a a great episode for you today, both uh, a great episode of the show and a great episode of our show. Uh, we have a very special guest who is joining us, someone that I am really excited about, uh, a cartoonist who is responsible for Nurse Nurse and uh, Agent 8 is your new one, right? Mm, that's right. Uh, Katie Skelly is here. Katie, how are you? Good. What's happening? I'm so excited to be here. Now, uh, Katie, you and I mm-hmm. met because of Sailor Moon. We oh. did. We sure did. You are the only person who has ever been... Uh, you are a professional artist. I am. And mm-hmm. you were foolish enough to do an art <laughs> trade with me. <laughs> I did. And you know what? It wasn't foolish because I love the piece that you gave me so much. Wait, it was a great trade. He drew a piece of art for you? He did. He sure did. Chris, do you want to describe it or would you like me to? Uh, well, I <laughs> I drew Sailor Moon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I couldn't remember how anime eyes work. <laughs> <laughs> so I got Erica Henderson, who was sitting next to me, to draw the eyes. Mm-hmm. And then she was also like, this body is all messed up. So she added a few lines to the body as well. Uh, and then I traded it to Katie for a picture of Sailor Moon and Spider-Man uh, together that I have hanging above my computer right of now. Uh, Heroes Convention. At Heroes Con, yeah. yeah. That was the first time I did that show and I loved it so much. So every time I look at it, I just have, you know, a lovely warm feeling. I'm glad that you got you, you got a good souvenir. <laughs> yeah, but you cheated. You had other people help you. Well, jo- Jordan, as you may know, I am not an artist. <laughs> <laughs> it, was like a stu- it was like a studio process, you know. I mean, Chris was oh, like, yeah. Chris was the auteur behind it and he just had a little help. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, that, that makes sense. You got a, you got a, yeah, that's right. You got a drawing from Chris Sims Studios. Exactly. <laughs> what happened? Exactly. It's like a '90s issue of Wonder Woman. Yeah, they, <laughs> exactly. So, Katie, uh, what is your aside from an ill-fated art trade with me <laughs> in Charlotte, North Carolina, last year? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your history with Sailor Moon? Oh gosh. Um, well, the first time that I saw Sailor Moon, I was just starting high school, and it was on after school. Um, it was on Cartoon Network, I believe, as part of their tsunami lineup or it was like around that sort of time and I just started watching it and started rushing home every day after high school to come home and watch it and it feels like maybe I might have been a little bit too old to start getting into Sailor Moon at that time Um, but I just absolutely adored it. I loved all the girls. I love all their stories. I love how 
completely absurd it is. And it was almost kind of like um, entry-level sort of anime for me. And I didn't really stick around watching too much anime in my life after that. But I have very, just like your drawing, I have a very warm memory of, of Sailor Moon. It gives me a good feeling. <laughs> well, I should note, like, uh, the drawing that you did of Sailor Moon, the one that I have hanging up now, uh, you did not, that was not my request. That was just like, I saw it on your, you had already drawn it and put it out as like an example of your art. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I want that. Yeah. Yeah. So it all, it worked out because I got kind of a custom piece and then you got, you know, something that was like pre-fabricated for the show because I just kind of like, you know, it was my first time doing Heroes and I think, you know, the kind of comic work that I do might have been like a little bit different from the kind of work you might typically see at the show. So I just kind of wanted to like introduce myself to the audience and I thought the best way to do that would be to draw a whole bunch of Sailor Moon characters in my style. And that seemed to have worked out. People really responded well to that. So that was nice. I think Spider-Man and Sailor Moon would get along pretty well. Yes. So it's um, Spider-Man and Sailor Moon. And are they saying Just Mary? Does it say Just no, Mary? It, it says Love You Bay. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I really like, I am I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this. I'm not like a huge fan of Tuxedo Mask, but I do feel like Sailor Moon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Be good. Well, I feel like, you know, he's wisecracking and like she's kind of doofy. So I think that they would have a lot to talk about. And I think they would be like unstoppable solving crimes together. <laughs> well, Chris, do you think Sailor Moon would go better with Batman or, or Spider-Man? Uh, with, with Batman or Spider-Man? Well, Batman's in his 30s. So. <laughs> I don't necessarily mean in a relationship, but I know you, I mean, obviously Batman is your favorite thing. Yes, yes. Uh, my favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to insult him by calling him a thing. No, no, I was saying you're accurate. Okay, good. <laughs> it's like Batman's number one and like Oxygen is number two. <laughs> uh, well, I think if we're talking about like, uh, like Brave and the Bold style, uh-huh. Batman, whether it's the the cartoon Brave and the Bold or the 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 long running team up series Brave and the Bold, obviously that Batman, I would love to see a team up of like seventies Batman <laughs> with Sailor Moon with his shirt off. Uh, obviously, <laughs> like I mean, if Batman's my favorite thing. Batman with his shirt off is like my <laughs> ultimate favorite thing. Mm, back above oxygen on that list too. Yes, I can, I think I can survive just by that uh, Neil Adams Batman with his shirt off busting into <laughs> Ra's al Ghul's tent. Like. <laughs> oof. <laughs> that, that will sustain me. You take no, but I think, think Spider Man, like young, like young seventies college student Marvel team up Spider Man. Like I, I feel like him hanging out with Sailor Moon is like why has that not happened? Why is there like an Attack on Titan crossover? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So if anyone is listening and wants to just kick me a little money to draw that, or even if you don't want to kick me a little money, I'll probably just do it anyway. It'll be perfect. I would say the best combination would be uh, Tokusatsu Spider Man with Tokusatsu Sailor Moon. <laughs> Just weird live action, like the Luna puppet and the giant Leopardon robot. That Ridiculous. would be the best. Uh, well, you talked about Tuxedo Mask, mm-hmm. uh, who I hate. <laughs> oh, I hate him so much. Yeah. But I, I will say the next two episodes that we have, uh, the one that we're doing this week, which uh, if you'd like to watch along on Hulu or on the new DVDs, it's episode 15, Usagi's Panic, Ray's First Date. There is actually a lot of really good memory stuff in this issue or in this episode. 
And there's also a lot of really good Ray stuff. I know that we, and by we, I mean I, have been really harsh on uh, Sailor Mars in the past, but these next two episodes are actually really good Sailor Mars episodes, too. Oh, I hate her, too. This one we're in 100% agreement on. I'm not as bad on Mamoru as you are, but... Well, I figured out the problem. What? The problem is, again, that the show has filler episodes. The show is, you know, longer than the manga. Mm -hmm. So you you get more... Just like we got more of Yusagi as kind of a crybaby in the first uh, seven episodes, there's more of Yusagi and Rei interacting on a level that they progress past much quicker in the manga. Mm. But they have to kind of stay in this pattern. And so just like they, they keep being awful to each other <laughs> for much longer than they did in the uh, in the source material. And this is this no, is a big one for that. I don't um, have a big problem with Ray as much as you guys do. You know, like I for me, like as a writer, I really feel like I would enjoy writing a character like Ray. And I really enjoy watching her for that reason. So I don't I don't know. I don't get as riled up about her as you guys seem to. I don't think anyone gets as riled <laughs> up about Sailor Mars as we do. But, there are people but I do who think that's a I, I do think that's a function of the show. Uh, I, I think the show makes weird choices in a lot of ways, like just like it makes weird choices with with uh, Memoru. Like uh, Memoru in the manga is a lot more tolerable uh, than Memoru on the show because a he's younger. <laughs> He's he's not 38 years old. Uh, and B, he doesn't call Usagi a trash heap <laughs> on the street. Like, that is stuff that just comes in from the manga in these episodes that have, or in the anime that have no counterpart in well, the manga. Well, Ray is really different as well. I mean, uh, I'm, so I'm, I've been watching these episodes in preparation for the show, and my wife, Devin, has been watching them with me. And she never watched the manga before, as she talked about. She, or, I'm sorry, she never watched the anime before. She'd only read the manga. So when she's watching this episode and the boat episode and all these episodes and Ray is boy crazy. She's just going, what What did they do? Like, that's not what she's like at all. Mm. She's not boy crazy in the slightest in the comic. Well, that said, I, she definitely is in, in this episode. Uh, the episode that's called Ray's First Date. Yes. She is, uh, there is an immediate romance between uh, Sailor Business's official two most hated characters. <laughs> uh, but I also feel like this episode that we're going to be watching is a turning point for Ray, like, or, or at least it's a turning point for me going back and watching. <laughs> okay, right? Because even though she's like, she's still kind of, I mean, she's still kind of mean in this episode, and she's weirdly scheming in this episode. It's in a like, it's in like a Silver Age Lois Lane sort of way, you know. Well, she also gets, I mean, repeatedly humiliated too, like. <laughs> Not repeatedly. Uh, a couple of times. <laughs> you you make it sound like, oh yeah, you like this episode because Ray gets crapped on. No, but <laughs> I, I kind of am saying that in the sense that, not that I'm saying I like that she gets crapped on, but rather she becomes a character who is more uh, more vulnerable, more... Uh, yeah, I think that's it. I think it's the, it's the vulnerability. Right. She's not uh, just walking around going, I'm better than everybody else. Or I mean, she is, but then things show that she's not necessarily better than everybody else. She's human. Yeah. And if you've been watching along with the episode, as they've gone up on Hulu, uh, there is a, a much, much newer episode from the second season, uh, the one where Ray is in charge of the school festival. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she is in a weirdly egomaniacal way. She is building everything around her singing a song. 
Oh man, I, I, I'm just realizing I'm, I'm kind of sad that you watch them as they come out because that means we'll never catch up with you. You're going to... Oh, well, I mean, you've seen them all before and I have a girlfriend. No, no, <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It's just, it's so funny to me that we're doing the show where you haven't seen all the episodes, but you're going to have seen them all before we talk about them on the show. It's just going to happen. That is like true. That a, is true. I'm going before. to, I, I will never have a first experience with Sailor Moon uh, on, on the air, as it were. I'm sorry, Jordan. It's, I'm, I'm but, weeping, but okay. But the point of that is that in that episode, she also, uh, it, it's the first time that we really get a spotlight on Ray after all uh, five of the inner senshi show up. And she has a lot of vulnerability in that too. And I think that does a lot to kind of humanize her and do more than just make her an antagonist for mm-hmm. Yusagi, who is our favorite and most relatable character. <laughs> uh, so Katie, before we dive into the episode, who is your favorite? My favorite, and we haven't met her yet where we are talking about at this point now, but my favorite is Sailor Jupiter. And I love Sailor Jupiter because she's basically just a big brute. Um, when, you know, when I first started watching... How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> when I first started watching Sailor Moon, like, you know, it was kind of like right at like the end of adolescence and like becoming a teenager and all that. And I was a super tomboy growing up. My, my sister and I were both like super tomboys. Um, but sort of like watching Sailor Moon was almost like this gateway drug into like femininity for me <laughs> because, you know, the it's like a very pastel world. It's very like sort of, you know, engrossed in girl problems and dating and being cute and like keeping a good figure and all that kind of stuff. And it's super campy and I, I love it for those reasons now. Um, but I related the most to Sailor Jupiter watching it because she was always kind of trying to resist that stuff. You know, like she was just kind of big and was going to push people around and she was taller than everybody. And she also always has like the best hair, like her hairstyle. <laughs> I used to like wear that all the time. So I related to her. And when she transforms, her pose is like the most fashion-y. So I like that about her. So she's my favorite. She's, she ends up with like what, like one arm out straight, one over her head and one, and then like her legs kind of. Yeah, it's very, it's very Vogue. I love it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, she's a great one. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I want to mention before we start the episode, and uh, I forgot, I should have mentioned it last time, but I didn't even think about it and didn't notice. If you are watching like me, if you have found it in your, in your abilities to watch the old, uh, dub as well uh with episode 14 is where begins the the long run of what i think is the best serena voice uh her name is terry hawks and she rules so i just wanted to shout her out she's the best which no which episode's that uh she starts with 14 but she's but she's she's gonna be i think she runs through pretty much like episode 80 something yeah how they change the voices because i remember i had this uh i had the same problem with pokemon which uh yeah i was 27 when uh i was watching uh, when i rewatch the entire first season of Pokemon. Whatever. Nice. Don't hate. Never a better time. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I like. I had the problem where I came back to it and there was a different voice for Ash that I thought was really off-putting. Yeah, uh, that can be. It can and, be awkward. And, and there's the same. It's the same way with Sailor Moon, where I think one of the reasons that I never watched longer than I did was because after I had kind of fallen out for a little bit, uh, or maybe after they had just rerun a bunch of episodes on Cartoon Network that I'd seen a million times, uh, I came back and there was a different voice for Usagi mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was not as good much more cartoonish yeah it's it's a bummer I mean uh, and, and I think she, uh, the the third 
because there's three there's three uh, women who did voices for Usagi. There's the one who starts. She only does like twelve episodes, thirteen episodes, something like that. And then Terry Hawks does the does a whole bunch. And then the third voice does the most episodes. Does like over a hundred episodes. And um, so it is sort of a bummer that she's not my favorite one. She's probably my least favorite of the three. But she grows on you when, as, as you watch a hundred something episodes with her voice. You go, okay, I'm used to it by now. <laughs> but Terry Hawks is by far the best. All right, and with that, we're gonna dive right in to uh, episode fifteen. Usagi's Panic, Ray's First Date. Uh, we have our heroine, Usagi Tsukino. She might not look like it, but she is a superhero. She's also 14 years old, a cancer and blood typo, but they have stopped telling us that. That is no longer relevant information. <laughs> uh, she's friends with the kind-hearted girl genius, Amy Mizuno, and the hot-headed psychic, Ray Hino, uh, who are also sailors, Mercury, and Mars, respectively. They seem to have it more together than Usagi does, but oh well, she's going to do her best. Very positive <laughs> attitude. I love Usagi so much. It's so sweet. You know, it's adorable. Her tone of voice is so awesome. That's that's another thing. Like, obviously, I don't speak Japanese at all, but just hearing the way she says these lines is so great. Mm-hmm. She's so, well, she I should say, uh, enthusiasm I've got the, I, I mentioned in our last episode, I've got the DVD and uh, I have been watching it and I really, really like Ray's new voice. Like the, the dub for Ray's voice in the new DVD is really, really good. Oh, okay. Just, I still you know, can't, I still can't more get stuff used to that, it because like, of Luna. I'm turning a corner on Ray, everybody. Wow. Uh, She's going to be your favorite character by the time we finish this series, isn't she? I mean, look, look, I play up the dislike of Ray. I actually like them all. <sighs> Traitor. Wow. Ray's a jerk, though. Ray, Ray, Ray is a jerk, as we will see. Uh, we actually open in a uh, a nice park Aww. in Tokyo, in the Juban district. Uh, do we have a, do they give a name for the park? Uh, let's see. I don't remember it having a name uh, in, in, in the, uh, no, I don't think so. Well, I should say, uh, this episode does not have a manga counterpart. So once again, I have read the young adult novelization by Leanne Centaur uh, that takes place in the final chapters of Sailor Moon Volume 5, Eternal Sleep. Uh, and it is just called Crossroads Park. Everything is called Crossroads uh, oh, because yeah. that is the name of the middle school in the American version and presumably the name of the town. So if you're wondering where no, they have they're still in Tokyo, like the aren't they? Tower, what's that? I, w- I thought they would still be in Tokyo. Even no, though- no. The, the, well, the name of the the name of the school is Crossroads Middle School. Sure. In the American dub. But I and still in the novels, it. that is extracted to be the name of the town. Oh, that's mental. So, so they have Crossroads Park. Oh. Uh, Nephrite lives in Crossroads Woods. Oh, that's so uh, lame. There's the Crossroads Airport. Lame. I actually really like the name Crossroads. Sure. As, but, a, as a town. But it's clearly Tokyo. Oh, yeah. No, you can see the Tokyo Tower right. in the background of several episodes. Right. Uh, okay, fine. So there we are. The Crossroads Tower. The Crossroads Radio Tower. <sighs> So, yes. So, they start in this beautiful park, looking around, going, oh my god, this is amazing. Uh, both Serena and Ray, or rather, Usagi and Ray, are going, this would be a beautiful place to go on a date. And Amy's like, I'd just come here and read books. You know, that's what I do. <laughs> she likes books and studying, everybody. <laughs> that's what Excl- she likes. Lest anyone ever forget that Amy is the smart one. Like, we can never, like, be unaware of that. You can't be smart unless you only date books. <laughs> Oddly enough, uh, Amy is also friends with the, the caretaker of the park very randomly I guess because she comes here and reads so much and she's friendly so she talks to people she is a kind-hearted uh, nerd <laughs> she is or a whatever kind-hearted. it says in the beginning genius I guess is the word they use 600 IQ 300 uh, IQ. no her IQ is 300 I'm sorry common writers is 600 I, I was sorry yeah. look like a chump <laughs> So yeah, it turns out that the park, which you would think would be 
would be a uh, sort of protected municipal piece of land. Yeah. Uh, has been purchased by a an evil development corporation. Or actually, we don't even know if it's an evil development corporation. It's just a development corporation. Yeah, yeah. Because right. obviously, you know, living in New York City, as soon as they're in this beautiful park, I'm thinking, oh, it's like Central Park. And then they go, yeah, whoever owns it is sold it. And it's like, wait, first of all, why would you own, like, why would you own a park? Like, what, what benefit is there to owning a park? Right. Like, you can't it, make it, any what, money off of it, right? Other than right, sell exactly. it to development. And wouldn't you think, like, someone in the city would be like, hey, maybe we should hang on to that. Right. Like, maybe we shouldn't just sell it to developers or whoever wants it to build some other thing. Like, it makes it makes no sense. What are the zoning laws of Crossroads? I don't <laughs> understand. So he goes, yeah, they're going to tear it down. Now, this is, uh, you know, obviously everybody's This upset. is the plot of Breakin'. Is it? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna bulldoze the youth center okay, and yeah, yeah. Uh, make it an office park. Okay. <laughs> well, that's also the plot of this. That being said, what's weird about it is that's not the plot of the Sailor Moon story. That's the plot of, like, the B story. Sailor Moon herself is, I don't, like, is not that concerned with whether this park sticks yeah. around. Well, that's one of the things. It's. It's mentioned, uh, it's definitely in the novel. I don't think it's in the show. It's mentioned that uh, Usagi lives like right near this park. Uh, and meanwhile, Amy lives across town. Ugh. And Amy comes to the park and this is uh, Usagi's first time there. Yeah, yeah. So Usagi just does not care about this park. She's <laughs> like, well, well, sucks to <laughs> sucks to be a tree, I guess. And, and, and then we get the best part of this scene, which is, okay, so the guy breaks in. Well, you know, I've been taking care of all these flowers for so long and they're going to just bulldoze them all. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be like this week, I guess. And Ray, <laughs> now in the American version, in the American version, she goes, that's terrible. I'm going to have to talk to grandpa and figure out something we can do to save this park. Whereas in the original Japanese version, much better, Ray goes, that's terrible. I have to get a boyfriend immediately so I can go on a date in this park before they tear it down. Because she is a conniver. Everybody, everybody's like immediately like, oh, this park is great for dates. <laughs> This is the perfect park for dates. And again, she's she's not going to save it. She just goes, well, the, the park's going to go. So <laughs> I got to get on that date thing. Well, I think one of the one of the more important things to note in this uh, in this episode is again the development corporation is not evil. It is not like if this was a Jedi plot, right. Jedi would have literally started a construction business and been like, "I can get energy from destroying trees." <laughs> it would be another True. weird energy plot from Jedi. In this episode, it's just a regular company that wants to build office buildings. Right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so. Amy's like the only person who would really be affected by it in terms of her regular life because she's using it to study and everybody's to potentially use it maybe to like make out with a guy. That's really the only disruption, right? Yeah, absolutely like even true. Who owns it? Who quote or is like taking care of it? It's like, oh, it's a bummer for him. Right. But yeah, I mean, the rest of the town, the rest of Crossroads does not really seem to care if this place is gone. The only person who cares is the groundskeeper. And Amy. And only because he has put so much work into making the park beautiful <laughs> and is completely unappreciated <laughs> thoroughly unappreciated uh so ray resolves that sh to get a date to go to the park um, before it is bulldozed inevitably before progress crutches these beautiful flowers <laughs> under its boot and then we cut to luna yes trying to get into the game center wonderful and there is an amazing moment where memoru gets a literal save the cat moment <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
You are right. <laughs> yes. now, are you are you familiar with Save yes. the Cat? Oh yeah, I've read the book. It's a wonderful book. Highly yeah. recommended. For those of you who don't know, it's a screenwriting book, and one of the you know the the title, the idea of the title is that it's important to establish that your protagonist in a movie is a good person that the uh, audience can relate to, and so the way to do that, the writer Blake Snyder talks about the uh, the scene in uh, Alien where we see Ripley save a cat, and how we know like oh okay she'll save a cat she's a good person and so the phrase save the cat since this uh since this movie came uh, since this book came out has become shorthand for a scene where you see the good guy doing something good yeah uh, just so you can know they're a, a, a stand-up decent person so again this is what three episodes after memory calls Isagi a pile of trash you're never gonna street. let that go are you no i'm not gonna <laughs> let it go Call it is her. a really harsh burn like it's not it's not just like you're an idiot or some throwaway thing. This is like premeditated. I'm going to figure out exactly what you are and let you know. And you are a pile of trash. It cuts to the soul. <laughs> so yeah, three episodes after that, uh, Luna is going into the game center. She almost gets hit by a truck and Memoru in his workout gear literally saves the cat. Yeah, She's about to get smushed by a, by a semi. He saves her. Uh, and now, but here's the deal. This is, he, he was great. He absolutely saved her life. He's like, oh, Oh, little cat, like uh, yeah, no. Time. This is a turn. This is an episode's a turning point for uh, memory for me too. Good. Okay. Good. Because he is he is a decent person throughout this episode. He saves the cat, and then what happens is in one of her lower moments, uh, Yusagi walks up, going, "What? What are you doing to my cat, jerk?" <laughs> I love Usagi's reaction because she sees Memoru holding Luna and she just starts screaming. <laughs> she has her fists balled up. She is like, she stomps up to him and looks like she's about to get in a fist fight because she sees this scumbag messing with her cat. And he says something like, she was about to get hit by a truck and Usagi goes, that's none of your business. I think the best thing about it is that Usagi is obviously really concerned about Luna. Uh, and so she just grabs Luna by the hands and swings her around, pulling her away from, uh, from Memoru. It's really funny. Just holds her, holds her like that for like 50 years. Memoru's outfit in this scene is pretty stupid. Uh, do you mean pretty great? Uh, okay. So first of all, so wait, so you like to do your workouts wearing three different shirts, all of them uh, rolled day, up bro. in different ways? <laughs> it's, it's two shirts and a towel tucked into his shirt. Is that a towel? I figured it looked like a hoodie underneath the ball. I couldn't nah, tell. No, it's, it's a towel. Okay, maybe it's a towel. Keep it, it's keeping his neck cool, bro. <laughs> yeah, okay. And now he's just kind of like cooling himself off with the towel, I think. Okay. Still a pretty ridiculous outfit. My <laughs> favorite thing is that Memoru doesn't like puts a, put, a, put on like a sleeveless shirt on top and right. then like a t-shirt underneath, but still wanted, you know, sun's out, guns out. <laughs> So he still, he rolled up the sleeves. Right. He's wearing, again, a t-shirt with a vest over it to work out. Why? It's not a vest. It's a, like a muscle shirt. It's a lot of look. It does it's, look like It's a got a V-neck. <laughs> and, and his, uh, and his uh, surgical scrubs yes. slash sweatpants. Uh, he does look like he's, yeah. I, well, okay. He looks ridiculous. Uh, so there you are. Oh, no. He, he looks full on ridiculous. <laughs> So then, after that wonderful scene, great scene, we go, oh, oh no, then we go inside the uh, the arcade, correct? Right. And we find out that, uh, I, I had previously oh. said on the show that uh, Mamoru and uh, Motoki, Darian and Andrew, were roommates. And I don't know where I got that, because that's not correct. They go to the same college. Yes. They know each uh, in, other. They're friends. In the manga and in the novel, they go to the same high school. They're But they're best friends. Uh, in the novel, the novel actually does this scene a lot deeper. 
than it is in the show. Uh, this is essentially where you get the origin of Darian, that he lives alone, that he's an orphan, that uh, uh, Andrew's really worried about him because sometimes he'll disappear for a while and won't show up to school, uh, even though he's you know, like really smart and kind of coasting at this uh, private school on a scholarship. So you get a lot of mystery for Darian. And this is uh, this is where Ray kind of uh, gets the hots for him. You know, in the novel, it's not like for uh, the show, it is an instant purely physical attraction where he's like, that dude's hot. I'm hot. We should be together, Avi. Uh, in the novel, at least, it is... Uh, is it martial arts? No, no, no. It's it's just she hears his sob story. Okay. Cause, yeah, because I was going to oh, say in the dub, that's what, that's what they, they changed it all to. He's an orphan? He's a sexy orphan? <laughs> uh, and meanwhile, Usagi is playing the Sailor V game and she kind of overhears everything and she kind of learns like, oh, hey, maybe Darian is a complete asshole because he's, you know, his parents are dead. Oh, that's funny. He's because had a rough life. She clearly is not paying any attention in the in the cartoon. Now, <laughs> the just other thing the that happens in the novel is that it is very clear that Andrew and Darian are fucking. This, no, okay. <laughs> they, are, they are definitely a couple. You're going to have to explain this in detail. Uh, the subtext in here is it is off the scale. Let's hear it. Let's see. Do sexy uh, voice though. When you do you want me to do you want me to take it down a little bit? <laughs> exactly. There we go. Uh, Andrew hasn't. You got to do Darian your midnight zero weeks. voice. Uh, Andrew hasn't seen Darian in two weeks. Uh, welcome to midnight zero. <laughs> welcome to love radio. We've got a new hit song from Yusuke Amada coming up. <laughs> Darian says he's been working, which is never explained what Darian's job is, which mm. is to wear a tuxedo and throw roses at monsters. Mm. Uh, Andrew raised an eyebrow. That's not a good enough excuse to ditch your best friend for two weeks. I'm it, starting to worry that something happened to you. It doesn't have Darian, a, an ellipsis there, does it? No, it doesn't. Okay. It doesn't that was my initiative. <laughs> Uh, Darian laughed. Happened to me? He repeated, pulling Andrew into a headlock. You seem to forget who beat up those punks who were picking on you last month. Oh my god. Andrew pulled from Darian's hold and angrily straightened his hair. It's not that I don't think you could handle yourself in a fight, he answered flatly, but I always worried about you bumping your head and passing out or something. I mean, you living alone in that big apartment makes me nervous. I'd wish you'd give a spare key to someone besides me. What if you wow. needed help in there? <laughs> wow. Uh, and the, the scene is all about Darian, or Andrew like continually trying to fix his hair and Darian messing his hair up and stealing his comb. Okay, you, you're right. I doubted you, but you're right. That no, is... no, it is like, it's full on. Uh, Darian, oh, and then uh, and then here, uh, Andrew cried out and frantically tried to fix his hair again. Are you trying to ruin my hair today? Darian grinned. Of course. I can't let you get too pretty and outshine me. <laughs> okay, th now here's what I now believe, that there are two versions of these books. The version she turned into her publisher <laughs> and the private <laughs> version with the extra scenes. Andrew snorted and pulled a comb from his pocket. I will shine you. Don't make me laugh. Four more girls asked me last week if I could hook you up with them. Oh. I'm getting sick of rejecting them for you. Oh my God. This is crazy. Yeah. That's another plot point that only comes up in the novel. Uh, and it comes up later when uh, Ray uh, asks him out is that uh, uh, when Ray asks him out, he like, he turns around and he, and he like, before she even says anything, he just notices this middle school girl running after him and he goes, I don't even have a phone. <laughs> so I can't give you my number. Uh, so it is alluded to in the novel that girls are just asking Darian out constantly and he I is refusing. It. A, because he is the fated moon lover of the Princess of the Moon Kingdom. Right. Uh, and B, because he is 
clearly in a relationship with Andrew. Man. So, all right. Let me just briefly before we finish the scene, I will say in the in the dub version, uh, the original dub, they change it all around. So when Andrew is telling Ray about Darian, he's like, oh, yeah, Darian was just on his way back from martial arts. And she's like, martial arts? I do martial arts. Like, oh, my God, we're both into martial arts. Uh, and basically, she gets the crush on him because of martial arts. Uh, and then the scene ends in, in both versions. It ends with Ray being uh, humiliated for the first time because she <laughs> she has a little delusional monologue to herself about, yes, I, 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 she, he and I deserve to be together. Where, and Andrew is looking at her like she's a crazy person. And the stool that she is putting her leg up on falls out from her. She smacks her head on the floor. Ends up writhing on the floor in pain. Ha 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 She becomes Usagi. Yes, for just a moment there. For just a moment there. Uh, there's one more one more little bit from the novel. Oh, and I will please. say the rest of the novel just basically goes along with the show. So this is the last bit I'll read. This is where Serena learns Darian's name. She has never heard his name before. Oh, wow. She just knows him as you know that jerk on the street. That's not true in the dub. Right. She actually calls him Darian all the time in the dub. But in the novels. Well, in, in the, in like, it does not make sense to not reveal this major character's name for 14 episodes. Well, I don't think they were, they revealed, is this the first time we hear it in the Japanese one? I think it might be. Is it? I, no, that's what I'm saying. I think it might be. Like, they, they, they be. never introduce him, I don't think. Yeah, he's just a guy on the street who will call you a stupid pile of trash. <laughs> yes, exactly. Make fun of you for riding a kitty train at an amusement park. Well, she made fun of him for that, too. Uh, but there's a great line uh, where she overhears them all talking about how, uh, how lonely he is and how he refuses to date, even though he's obviously beautiful. Uh, an orphan, she thought. He doesn't have a family. She clutched the joystick. She knew half the guy's life story when 15 minutes ago, she hadn't even known his name. Darian, she whispered under her breath. She hated how good it felt to say the word. Aww. <laughs> So yeah, full on, full on Fifty Shades of Tuxedo Mask. Destin Moon Lovers. We really have to get Leanne Centaur on the show. That'd be great. So speaking of, not speaking of anything. uh, Speaking of beautiful hair. Speaking of beautiful hair, yes. Cut to uh, Nephrite in his creepy palace. You know what? Did we, in, fa- in fact, did we skip the first scene of this creepy palace? Uh, long story short, we find out that, uh, shockingly, the person who is about to come into their peak energy of their entire life is this old gardener. I, you know what? I'm going to kind of be skeptical of this. This old gardener who's jo- about to lose his job, the stars say, yes, this is, he's about to, this is, this is his, this is his moment. This is his moment to shine. I don't, I just don't believe it. Yeah. Do you, are you saying it might be a convenience of the plot? <laughs> Are you saying that something be. that happens on Sailor Moon might be slightly might be. illogical? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Oddly and exists only in the service of giving them an adventure to fight? <laughs> Go on. So he, it's an uh, interesting theory, Jordan, but I'm not sure I'd buy it. <laughs> well, at any rate, Nephrite believes it. He shows up at the park, uh, finds the old man, <laughs> does some rigmarole about uh, you know being on his side, and then goes, like, demons of Negaverse possess this hat. Uh, and they possess his hat. Uh, one, one of the things that happens a lot in this episode, and I mean a lot, is that people talk about humans who are ostensibly supposed to be human. <laughs> in this scene, Nephrite ver- it keeps going, yeah, let me guess, you're upset because humans don't care about nature, and humans are going to destroy the park, and humans don't care about all the flowers you grew. And like, the gardener's not like, uh, as opposed to what? Like, what... <laughs> Yes, humans. What are you? Supposed to the wildlife. Jordan. Oh, okay. Right. Right. Well, the squirrels that come in later. The the army of vicious squirrels stalking <laughs> through Crossroads Park. Because even later, when 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 Mamoru learns that they're about to tear down the park, he goes. He literally says, "I think humans should take care better care of nature." And I'm like, "You're human. What What do you mean?" I don't know. It's very weird the way they keep saying. It. And that's all I have to say about that. 
<laughs> well, so it's almost humans are anybody other than the cast that we just see on the show regularly. Like someone should have, you know, stepped in to save this park, but none of the main characters of the show should have done it. They can just cast judgment on all the other people who didn't do anything to help. <laughs> right. Sure. <laughs> so uh, the uh, Nephrite's evil crest gives uh, the groundskeeper the ability to control animals uh, and also makes him super pissed off. Yes. It, turn, it basically turns him into poison ivy, but with rodents instead of plants. <laughs> sure. Uh, so he attacks all the humans and drives them off. And again, I just want to point out, not an evil construction company. Right, right. Just people doing their jobs. Regular construction company and they they, they get attacked by butterflies who destroy all of their equipment. Which is weird. Yeah. Which is great. It's very nurse nurse. It made me so happy to see that. I was like, did something get inside my brain from watching this like 10 years ago that I put into the comic, you know? But I love that it's like these super benevolent cute creatures that are suddenly evil and capable of like destroying machinery somehow. I love that. <laughs> so back on the streets uh, oh the next day, I guess, Ray has a plan. Uh, she has gone full on Lois Lane. She has found out what route Memoru takes walking home and she is going to arrange an incident where she will uh, she's arranged a meet cute mm -hmm, basically mm -hmm. and we see it play out and then it's revealed to be her her fantasy of how she thinks things are going to go she's going to step around the corner bump into Mamoru uh, he's going to be uh, he's going to apologetically offer to buy her a cup of coffee and then presumably they are going to get married yep. they're going to go to the park and then get married which Likely. is the sequence of these two episodes while this is happening uh, so we see like Ray just in the words of uh, Hawkeye, straight up creeping. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like leaning around the corner, waiting in ambush. Uh, and Serena is walking home, having stopped off to get an ice cream. And she sees it and she's like, oh, my God, I got to see what's going on here. This is weird. <laughs> oh, by the way, just briefly, Luna is uh, chastising her, saying she's going to get fat. Yeah, she, I'm surprised she doesn't pull out that drawing again. <laughs> like, remember, we talked about this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. So, so as you said, so, so Ray enacts her plan. She, she goes for it. She pops out from around the corner. She trips over an uneven uh, street stone, whatever you call it, on pavement, falls flat on her face, and Mamoru steps on her head. This is probably the best possible outcome, I think. <laughs> Yes, yeah, it's great. It's pretty amazing. Uh, and the best part about it is that Usagi sees all this, mm -hmm. like it has stopped on the street and he just, like, sits down and is watching this with a very big smile. Ray nope. is like sustaining a lot of head injuries in this episode. <laughs> That's true. Because it, when she slips, maybe she's like in a concussion even when they go on their date. But like when she slips in the arcade, I noticed this like when I was watching it, there's like a huge dent in one of the machines from where she hit her head. <laughs> So she must be just like, she's all effed up right now. Poor Ray. It's true. It's true. So now there are two, there are two uh, alternate versions in the two, the two versions I watched. Both of them are awesome and I can't decide which one I like better. The original Japanese version, uh, he steps on her head and he goes, are you okay? And she goes, yeah, I'm fine. And he goes, oh, okay. And he keeps walking. Which is weird because <laughs> if he would have looked down and seen uh, two blonde ponytails, he would have gone, what are you doing laying face down on the street, stupid? <laughs> no, let me tell you the <laughs> The English of version. buns in the sewer. <laughs> the English version. He steps on her head and she goes, oh, I'm sorry. It's all my fault. And he goes, I know. And he keeps walking. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. 
<laughs> that was a pretty good one. So it's a tough call. Which is better? So uh, she is, to be fair, Ray is very determined. She gets up and goes through with the plan anyway. Uh, she says, uh, she gives him permission to call her by her first name. Uh, <laughs> immediately, step one. Uh, she asks if he's hurt, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, and well. says, and when he says no, she goes, well, let me make it up to you by buying, uh, buying you a cup of coffee. And he's like, make up for what? Huh. And she goes, uh, for making you step on my head. <laughs> She's oh, really best. like she is sticking to her plan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it totally uh, works because he agrees to it. Oddly enough, mm-hmm. and they the, walk uh, off arm in arm. Which Usagi flips out, yes, uh, and claims that it. she's flipping out because he's too old for her. And uh, according to her student handbook, yeah, uh, a relationship between a uh, younger girl and an older man is unacceptable. Her student handbook <laughs> said so. Yeah, I need to get one of those. I would love to have a book that just told me like what was wrong and what was right in every situation in life. Uh, there is a book like that, Katie. It's called The Bible. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I threw mine in the trash. You, you didn't know that uh, that's where sailor business was going this week. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm here to talk to you about the Lord. Here we go. Just a little story. Listen, we've had a lot of fun, but there's only one legendary silver crystal. Oh my God. <laughs> So, uh, Ray and Memoru hit up the coffee shop, and now it is Usagi's turn to be a creep as she commando crawls next to Cafe Amigo, which I think is a great name, and spies on them uh, through the window. She can't hear what they're saying, so she wants to uh, use the Luna pen to transform into a into a waitress. Sensible. Now, the dub, in the dub, uh, Luna just says, Usagi, you can't do that. You, that is not what the Luna pen is for. Right. And so he's just like, yeah, I'll just use it for a minute. It's fine. <laughs> in, that's what it says in the subs. In the dub, there's a really great joke. Uh, she's like, I'll use this. I'll turn into a waitress. And Luna goes, Isagi, you can't use that. You can't use the Luna pen for this. It can only be used for good. And Isagi says, so I'll be a good waitress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as long as she says, transform me into a good waitress. Transform me into a totally good waitress. <laughs> uh, fortunately, she doesn't have to go through all that because uh, Umino shows up, also like crouched down behind the bushes, wondering what his crush is doing, just trying to hide on the street. So she decides to toy with his heart. She really does. It is a bad look for Usagi. She makes him take her on a date into the same place. Uh, in the Again, in the original American version, he talks about getting his favorite kind of milkshake, which is a vanilla with prune milkshake. Um, He's a nerd. Yeah, they nerds like prunes. They don't eat normal food. Of course. Exactly. <laughs> They're not like real people. <laughs> so they're spying on them. Uh, even so, she doesn't really get a good listen to them, right? Like she still can't quite. And then nothing really happens. Yeah, she still can't really hear them because they're in another booth. Right. So fortunately, Amy shows up. <laughs> <laughs> who is also there's a, this is a high traffic area in the Juvan district uh, and Luna is like oh my god Amy you are the only person <laughs> who has any sense on this team uh, I am just gonna hang out with you for a while let's go to the park uh, they head over to the park uh, the groundskeeper is uh, actually getting some good news and this is the point of the show where the Negaverse the Dark Kingdom does something that is presented as indisputably good they save the park yeah that does not happen in the original American version. In the original American version, they totally change the scene so that it is the exact opposite. That guy is sitting there going, you know, they're still putting up a building, so you're still fired. (laughs) 
I'm here to say nothing has changed. Um, yeah, in the original. in the original, yeah, he goes. The butterfly attack was so severe. Those people are out of a job. They've plants for millions of dollars of construction. Right. This is, this is, this is Tokyo real estate. <laughs> so uh, then the, uh, the guy who I guess is the park manager, the Benson of the show, uh, walks away smoking a cigarette and just throws a full lit cigarette on the ground and a squirrel sees it and the squirrel is like, oh no. Oh, hell no. Yeah, you did not just do that. Uh, don't you know that only you can prevent forest fires? <laughs> and he gets mauled by squirrels. Well, we don't see him get mauled, but he does get mobbed by squirrels. Mauled by squirrels is a good episode title. Write that down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do no, they don't. They don't see this though. No, Luna and uh, and Amy don't no, see this yet. Okay. Luna and Amy do see it. They they see him get attacked by squirrels. They, they do see that. Okay, okay. And Luna goes, "Oh, it's the Dark Kingdom." <laughs> Good. Immediately goes, "Oh yeah, squirrels don't do that." By the way, I'm a talking cat, so. <laughs> but she's magic, so therefore, um, uh, I really, I do really like this scene because it, like, I, I like that it shows how far gone the people that Nephrite uh, attacks get with their power, like how much how taken over they are because uh i was about to say katie skelly but that's who we have on the on the show katie sandler in our last episode right. uh Rui, uh she's still gonna she still has to practice for the upcoming tennis match right like she still has her motivation uh for using her her evil tennis powers mm-hmm. in this episode of the show the groundskeeper's only motivation is to protect the park it's that's done that is <laughs> that has happened well, he has gotten everything he wants they put he's still i was gonna say they i remember there being a line where where amy's upset because like like he told her, "Don't don't come around and read books in the park anymore, jerk." Like that's not what it's for, or something like that. Which was like, what? Like now he wants the park all to himself, in addition to yeah, he it's it's like pushed him over from being mad at the construction company to being mad at humanity. Like he, he just wants the park to be taken over by animals and plants, uh, which I actually really like because it's like he is no longer justified. Like I think attacking right. the construction equipment with butterflies is almost completely justified for him, right? Uh, as someone who favors parks and his anti-capitalism <laughs> so so ray and darian ray and uh Mamoru are out on the on the lake uh romantic uh uh boat ride now the weird thing about this is i, I just will touch briefly on it basically the entire date so far has been a con on ray's part where he you know he he just kind of goes oh okay i guess i'll yeah i'll get coffee with you how does she talk him into this boat <laughs> <laughs> Like, he's like, oh, yeah, I got no reason not to get in a boat, I guess, and row out into the middle of the lake. At any rate. She's got that short skirt. (laughs) got that short uniform skirt. We talked about it with Donna. She looks very mature. He's going to be real upset when he finds out she's 14. (laughs) She's wearing a school uniform. Yeah, but it's from the TA Academy. So, so she, so she's there out in the middle of the lake. Soggy's spying on them, grimacing and groaning. And, uh, she has, she has brought Umino to yeah. make out point. Yes. Yes. So he thinks, rightly so, that they're going to make out. And he's, there are multiple romance cons going on in this episode. <laughs> this is the, like, the, the much ado about nothing. Or no, no, the uh, Midsummer Night's Dream episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he thinks they're going to make out. He tries to. Turns out she has, speaking of last episode, she, she's batman away. She's gone. She slipped away, not wanting to make out. Out with a nerd. Been there. <laughs> so, so she runs. So Yusagi runs into Amy, and Amy's like, "Something's wrong." And Luna's like, "Something's wrong." And Yusagi's like, "Yes, yeah, something's wrong." Like Ray's on a date. <laughs> Uh, then, then, like you said, this is the part where you really see it. Uh, Amy's gardener friend just sees them in the park and <laughs> turns into a Dragon Ball character for a moment. <laughs> just goes. <laughs> Because they're in the park. And uh, then his hat turns into a monster. Uh, yeah, you know, a hat monster. <laughs> yeah. 
groundskeeper hat monster <laughs> park hat monster what's weird this about is not this is not as weird as it's going to get next week no, i will true. tell you that for free he, uh, but yeah i actually really like the monster is basically swamp thing yeah uh, except an attractive as, woman swamp thing yeah it's lady swamp thing but i really like how it's this fearsome you know swamp monster looking thing and then just you know again just like pink butterflies and it's got like <laughs> big dangly earrings it's so weird uh park thing yeah it's it's a it's a pretty park monster <laughs> also her, her laugh reminded me of betty's laugh betty uh, Fallon, previous guest betty felon yes Aww. uh the monster attacks using its uh hand which is a flower and its hair which are vines uh out in the lake the boat is capsized uh oh both darian and ray or memory and ray sense evil yeah he has his tuxedo sense like goes off <laughs> <laughs> that that I guess that she's in danger, I'm assuming. Or that there's, you know, Dark Kingdom stuff going on. Yeah, I guess. It's evil sense. I it's, think it's just that it's he senses when Sailor Moon's in danger. You want to make it sound more romantic <laughs> than it is. <laughs> Look, I, I said I like memory in this episode. Let's not go crazy. Right. One time. Uh, so Amy gets uh, all bondaged up by the vine hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you saw he gets tied up by the flower hand. And there's it looks like there's no way for them to get out except all of a sudden someone shoots fire at them to free them <laughs> handy that they have someone who can do that uh <laughs> amy actually gets a really cool scene where the fire like the, the fire comes in and she just like breaks out of the the vines like right. superman breaking the chains whereas yusaki gets this ridiculous yusaki gets scene. set on fire <laughs> she's on fire and has to roll and put it out and it's like ah! wonderful uh and then mars and mercury uh make this make the sailor moon speech and they tell him that or tell the monster that they're gonna punish her and <laughs> sailor moon freaks out it's like you stole my line and, and the great thing is because they both have grievances with the monster uh amy is the one who cares about the park and uh ray is really upset about her date being uh interrupted <laughs> right uh ray has the worst pose in this uh in this little sequence she's got this weird like turned around slightly bent over looking over her shoulder thing <laughs> it's really bad it's it's animated weirdly okay it's it's not a it's not a good look and they yeah they've stolen sailor moon's catchphrase they're fighting Got that IP, bro. Got that IP infringement. <laughs> yeah, she's she's upset. They said they will punish her. That's not right. That's just not right. And guess what? While they're fighting the monster. Well, while they're fighting a plant monster. <laughs> <laughs> a rose hurts the plant monster. It's like it's like Mega yeah. Man Two, bro. Like if you hit Metal Man with the metal blade, it's only like two hits. <laughs> is that how it is? Okay. If you hit a, a, a flower monster with a flower. It's like really ex- extra damage. Okay. I would have <laughs> thought it would cancel, but all right. Uh, and the tuxedo mask you is there. That, that's why you're not tuxedo mask. Yeah, I guess. I, yeah, I'm all, I'm all backwards about it. Yeah. You don't have the <laughs> the evil sense and formal wear of Memory Chiba. <laughs> and he says, "Go for it, K- kill the monster." And she goes, "Good idea." I'll do that now that you've mentioned it. <laughs> she does her cool tiara the tip. Been doing this for several months now. <laughs> well, she didn't think of it yet. Anyway, so she throws the tiara. She kills the monster. Uh, the old the old man regains his energy. His hair turns back from white to black again. Everything is okay. I miss anything. So uh, Memoru returns, dripping wet, uh, to f- dripping wet uh, out of his formal wear, and Ray leans over to Usagi and goes, "He's tuxedo mask, by the way." <laughs> Uh, and she spats it out. Which, again, like I said, she is full Lois Lane in this episode. She's like, he's Tuxedo Mask. And Usagi uh, freaks out. No, absolutely not. That's totally not true because he's a jerk and Tuxedo Mask is super nice. Obvious. And Ray goes, mm, they look exactly alike. <laughs> and he was nice to me when I conned him into this date. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure he's Tuxedo Mask. 
Awesome. But before they can definitively solve that, out, out pops Umino going, Hey, what about the rest of our date, Serena? <laughs> <laughs> wow, nice. <laughs> and... She goes, but they, we weren't on a date. I like that uh, That memory is like, oh, that's the kind of guy you're into. <laughs> yep. Cool. Yep. <laughs> He's just like, oh, it sounds like you and him were on a date, right? Uh, she's too, super embarrassed. Uh, again, I think it's awesome because I know knowing that they're going to end up together, it makes that seem perfect. Knowing that uh, uh, Usagi and Min- and uh, Umino are going to get together? No. That was just one time. That was a one-time deal for this episode only. <laughs> It was meaningful. It was more meaningful than you're giving it credit for. He probably will call her his first girlfriend for the rest of his life. Yes. But I don't think she would count it. Uh, so, yeah, I I actually, I, I like this episode. This is not like, this is not one that I would recommend. Like, this is not a starting point. No. I don't think. Uh, it is It is a weird episode. It is so weird for so many reasons. But it's super fun. No, it's it's really fun. Like, uh, I, like I said, I really like it. And again, I actually think this episode is a turning point for, uh, for Ray and for Memoru. Like, they're not nearly as bad, uh, or, or I guess they're not nearly as mean to Usagi as they have been. Uh, the next episode, though, it, it's going to be even weirder than this one. But yeah, I like this one a lot. Uh, Katie? I love this one. I love, you know, like I said, I love that sort of like supernatural element that's lent to these very benevolent, like cute creatures in the park. I love the whole storyline of the park because it's so bizarre. <laughs> um, at the end of it, you know, when the um, groundskeeper is waking up, I think Amy tells him, you you know, you just had a bad nightmare, right? Right. But like, even if it was just a bad nightmare, everything that he wanted is in place, even though he was sort of possessed in order to make that happen. Um, so I love that. I also think like the colors in this episode are particularly beautiful. I love that the park is like all of these peachy pink colors. It's very, it's very surreal, but it's really beautiful. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of uh, kind of dodgy animation in this episode, but like in terms of setting, I, I do think it's we see a lot of settings that we haven't seen before which is nice we see uh, uh cafe amigo right which i like a lot which is a really fun bright poppy scene we see the park uh it's not it's not the school and yusagi's house and the street mm-hmm. and, i mean we do have a scene in the game center but we do get a lot of really distinct looking really pretty settings even though the animation is weird very forgettable monster though not not a big fan of uh of the monster park thing yeah it seemed like kind of this afterthought but there are a lot of like looking back on it there are a lot of scenes where I remember Ray being sort of like bigger than Darian her head is bigger than Darian's which I think is hilarious her head is like one and a half times the size of Darian's I definitely noticed that so it is it is like he is being uh, assaulted on the street by an anime character <laughs> ooh what an answer <laughs> <laughs> so, Jordan, do we have the actual moral from the uh, the original anime? Yeah, yeah, here it is. Let me uh, turn up the volume and play it. Nature's a blessing we mustn't take for granted. We're not the only ones living here, you know? Oh, I'm glad you noticed. <laughs> it's easy to forget. Paper comes from trees. There are lots of ways to save on paper. Try using reusable cups and utensils instead of the disposable kind. And make sure your parents and friends recycle so those paper products are processed into something else. Let's keep our trees in the parks, not in the waste dump. Wow. 
Well, um, it's nice to see that Usagi has discovered weed. <laughs> what? Hey, man. There's like animals in nature. Okay. Paper comes from trees, man. By hemp. She's having like Woody Harrelson moment. But it's like there's nothing in the episode that's like, oh, like let's care about nature now. You know? Like there's no, no, no. it's all this condemnation of other people like not protecting the park. And then at the end, it's like, P.S., you know, get some real dishes and like wash them occasionally. No, I mean, uh, so now it's the time of the show where we talk about what we learned. Okay. Uh, it's time for Sailor Business Says. Uh, Katie, what did you learn from uh, this episode of Sailor Moon? Um, I think I learned that you shouldn't take advantage of nerds um, because they're just going to keep coming back and, you know, telling you that they bought you milkshakes and it's just, it's just not worth it. Just don't even mess with nerds ever. Don't even mess with nerds ever. Wow. Keep doing thanks, it. thanks, Katie. But- that's, that's real, it's real cool. It's a real cool moral. <laughs> I mean, I do agree with you, but still. I guess we're lucky she's on this episode with us. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, uh, Jordan, what did you learn from this episode? I mean, I learned that you can will your way onto a date with anyone. <laughs> Just by like wanting it bad enough, apparently, like the person just has no interest in you whatsoever, and you can end up on a romantic boat ride with them boating you across a lake. It's weird that you two learned opposite lessons, right? <laughs> we should we have to have a battle if I can will her into onto a date? I guess there we go. <laughs> I learned that uh, even an evil force like the Dark Kingdom uh, can accomplish some good things almost purely by accident. <laughs> Like saving a park that the heroes of the story did not give a shit about. Uh, you call that a good thing? Like, how many people lost their jobs, Chris? Because they're now they they can't make this building. That, My question is: that construction like, company is going under now because they lost this contract. The the park is uh the park is ostensibly saved, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the that's what happens at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but don't you think it's gonna get out? Like, there's gonna be multiple people going. Yeah, don't don't go to Crossroads Park. Uh, <laughs> there's I got attacked by animals there multiple times. Right, 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 right. I got attacked by butterflies. I didn't know that was possible. And so it's just going to be the groundskeeper like working on his flowers being like, sweet, awesome. Yeah. No humans. Except he's going to lose his job. They're not going to pay him to do that. They're going to be like, no, nobody's allowed to come to the park. So that about does it for this episode of Sailor Business. I hope you had fun uh, with this one. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Oh, yeah. Uh, we will be back next week with no, another one. two weeks. Oh, in two weeks. Okay. We will be back in two weeks with another episode. Uh, Katie, you're going to join us for that one, I believe, when we watch episode 16. Yes, I'm so excited. Uh, so we will talk to everybody then. Uh, Katie, where can everybody find you online? You can find me at my website, which is katieskellycomics.com. And that's S-K-E-L-L-E-Y. Uh, S-K-E-L-L-Y. Oh, I thought there was another E in it. I'm sorry. You've been looking no at problem. a different cartoonist work this whole I, time. It's weird because I'm looking at Skype <laughs> and I'm looking at your name right now. <laughs> that's why I don't mess with nerds. Just don't even... Oh my God. <laughs> That's you can find me on Twitter at crackshot with a zero for an O. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the ISB. That's T H E I S B, as in Batman. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Two weeks. Two weeks. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. And until then, keep your mind on sailor business. Sailor.